Hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Ghost Squared uh, podcast. I am James, your host, and today I am joined by Dimitar Stanimirov from Heresy. Uh, how are you doing, Dimitar? Yeah, great, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for being here. Um, I think we're going to have a great show today. Uh, Dimitar's got huge amounts of experience from his days at Stack Overflow, um, and now with his new uh, startup, which is Heresy, which is all about... Uh, sales and sales software and he will talk a lot more about exactly what he's up to there um but yeah if you're if you're interested in starting a sales team building out a sales team figuring out how to measure the performance of your sales team hopefully this is going to be a really valuable show so um without further ado i'll i'll hand it over to dimitar do you want to talk us through who dimitar is and uh let us know yeah Yeah, sure so um as you said my name is dimitar stanimirov you said um, it way better than me. Yeah. <laughs> you would expect that I'd get my name right, right? <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, so who am I? So in a nutshell, I'm currently the co-founder and CEO of Heresy. As you said, still struggling to to put the one-liner for, for Heresy. Right. It, it's, uh, it's a workflow, ultimately workflow and analytics platform. Um, for sales teams yeah. um, what we're trying to do is basically get sales teams to be truly a team instead of um, kind of a, um, a sum of people who have been put in this fictional team but everyone is kind of working against each other rather than sure. collaboratively um, in collaborative fashion which is what tends to happen in, in you know the normal sales environment more on that later um, so I've been doing this for about 18 months um, and then prior to that as you said I was with um, Stack Overflow um, first European hire joined the company in 2011 and left uh, and end of Q1 20, 2016 mm. um, building entire European operation starting with the sales team um, here um, so taking it from zero to multi-million dollar run rate and 80 people across um, the UK Germany France etc that's amazing so from zero to 80 people yeah. in that time that's yeah, give uh, take, yeah. some pretty decent growth there mm. <laughs> uh, cool amazing um, so yeah so I guess it would be great to kick off and like talk a bit more about those Stack Overflow days and, sure. and hear what that was like so you were the first person on the ground in in, in Europe for, yep. uh, for Stack Overflow yep. so how like what does that what does that feel like what what was your job what was your <laughs> you're like a man on the first man on the moon kind of <laughs> yeah good good question um what was the job like i think it it it, it, it as you'd expect it changed literally every day yeah <laughs> um, and what it was like it was definitely it, it wasn't even the first man on the moon it was more like the first ape in space type situation <laughs> you know <laughs> it was um and I do mean this in in, in a good way but uh, we had a clear conversation with um, the founders um, Joe and Michael we were talking about what the role would entail before joining and yeah. you know they were super honest about it they said listen you know we've got this great opportunity we think Europe's going to be a great market for us mm. but we don't know Right. And, you know, the point of you coming on board is to validate that this is indeed the great market. And right. if it's as good as we think it is going to be, then you're going to have a heck of a ride. But you have to make <laughs> it happen. So, so it was one of these, you know, going back to that space comparison, you know, being the, the first chimp in space, yeah. you, you go in the rocket and, you know, you don't know if you're going to come back. But if you do, <laughs> you're going to be a hero. Um, so I don't know whether, you know, a hero is the right way, but I yeah. definitely had a good ride. Uh, well, it and, sounds and we like did, it's, yeah. it could have gone a lot worse, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but no, it's, it's been, yeah. it was amazing, yeah. So so were you, so it's almost like being a founder, really, at that point, right? Yeah, but you've got the, the mothership back in the US. Yeah. Um, 
were, were they quite hands off and they just let you get on with it? Or? Yeah, super, super yeah. hands off, which it's it's incredible, like how much trust, um, you know, they'd give you. So um, for listeners who don't know, Stack mm. Overflow is headquartered in, in New York. Yeah. Um, so it's not terrible. It's not as bad as having HQ in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, five hour time difference. So it's not terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's still big enough for you not to be able to communicate regularly. And this is, you know, prior mm. Slack days. Yeah. Um, Stack Overflow <laughs> did have... It was a is, time before Slack, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but the crazy thing is Stack actually had its own internal Slack, if you will. Oh, wow. Lots of chat rooms. So it more, was it called Stack? No, <laughs> we, we, it was just called internal chat. And you yeah. have different rooms similar to IC, which you yeah, would join. Yeah. You have like... You know the product room, the sales room, yeah, um, room. Joel's room, yeah, <laughs> hangout room. Um, yeah. So you know there was a place where you can you can talk to people, um, yeah. but it wasn't as I don't know. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't Slack, put it this sure, way. Sure, but um, sure. so in terms of independence, yeah, your question, yeah, it was you know pretty much here's Europe, you yeah. know, big and charted map. You go and figure it out, and um, and you know come back to us when you have done yeah, so. Yeah. Um, I feel um, I just realized like. Some people, you know, I think a lot of people think of Stack Overflow as big site, lots of developers mm. on it, answering loads of questions. But mm. f- this was about building like the business side, which and like just talk us through the business model of, of Stack sure. Overflow. Yeah, actually. I think that would be yeah. really handy. Great question. So, so I joined in 2011. Yeah. Um. So we had the first conversations in the spring of 2011, and I was just winding up a previous startup I did. So right, I right. ended up joining in August, around August. So when we started the conversation, they had just closed their Series B. And mm. to your point, I think that was the time uh, when they were seriously trying to to think about how they're going to monetize. Because yeah. the seed in um, A round probably went um, towards building the community, okay. which which is crazy though, because it, it had grown. So when I joined, I think Stack Overflow had some, I think it was 14 million developers monthly. What? Yeah, and now it's wow. like over 40. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, when I joined, the the the, the focus was on on um, monetization and yeah, the main. Um, so they already had like one monetization channel in place, which was um, advertising. Yeah. Um, because you have so many eyeballs and they're so yeah, targeted, yeah, you can easily sell advertising space, premium price as well. Yeah. So yeah. so that was there. That was established. Um, but hard to scale and build a, a huge business around mm-hmm. it because you only have so many impressions, right? Mm-hmm. So. Um, the thinking around the main monetization channel, which to, still today is the main monetization channel, um, was this idea of connecting all the programmers who are on the website trying to solve problems while yep. they code. You'll know, right? Trying <laughs> to figure out how to do X, um, Y, Z. <laughs> so trying to get those guys connected to companies who are desperately trying to to, to hire them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a very unique time to do this, and Stack Overflow was uniquely positioned to do it because, as you know, developers are... In such high demand, no one's yeah. really looking, and Stack Overflow had this unique model of flipping the the recruitment industry. And he said, so instead of right. having a static online property where you would go and search for a job, they would say, forget this, we will take your job to the right audience yeah, on totally. Stack Overflow. Totally. So, so I basically came to build that side of the business in Europe, right, um, which right. at the time was um, called Careers 2.0. Yeah, and it's yeah. Stack Overflow talent nowadays. Ah, talent, not yeah. just about careers. No, no, no. <laughs> so it 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 gone uh, beyond just yeah, careers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So you so you landed here in London, and it was all about finding companies that were looking to recruit great technical talent and getting them to yeah search on yeah getting them to yeah. buy into the second. Yeah, the the product suite was pretty um, 
basic, if you will, yeah, at the yeah. time. So it was just two products, broadly speaking, um, ads on one side. So yeah. you know they came in different shapes and, and 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 sizes, and you know you can get like premium and featured and whatnot. Sure. But you know it was basically a job listing that you would buy. Sure. Or you would uh, buy license to a database that you could search and get in contact directly with uh, with the right programmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was predominantly <clears throat> selling those to companies of various sizes, but I think back in 2011 it was um, smaller tech startups and um, mid-sized companies. Yeah, yeah. And as time went on and the product suite expanded and we got better at it, we, we started Moved moving up, more into it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So that's been the, the gameplay for Stack, kind of starting... Yeah in the startupy world and then going into um yeah. you know more mature hang out with all the cool kids yeah then, exactly uh, yeah <laughs> and shortage obviously was the right place and i yeah. think the reason why i got the job was because i had co-founded another company here right knew right. the scene well yeah. knew the people and it just so happened that my previous startup was in the recruitment space okay albeit different type of recruitment sure, but it was sure. you know there were just a lot of tick boxes yeah um, <laughs> So they thought it'd take a pun on me and yeah, it worked out. (laughs) Cool. So, so that was, so you kicked off doing that. And I I guess as you, as you built up um, Stack Overflow here, like tons of learnings around building out sales. Yeah. So how did that look? Was it just you until you could make enough to hire another or like, or did you sort of have this remit to hire a sales team right away no or? no so as i said it was it was i wish it were that but actually <laughs> i don't know if i wish because i've learned so much myself yeah. and I, I do think so i sold the product hands-on myself for six months Maybe. basically trying to um as i mentioned earlier to prove that europe yeah. was indeed a, a valuable market and you know there were companies that um would would purchase i don't even think actually you know looking back i don't think that was the question would they buy was right. how do we tweak the product so with addresses the needs of European companies um, more accurately than okay. what we had for for the American audience at the time, sure, sure. Um, and that took a little little bit of polishing and sometimes um, to to you know to get right. But um, what kind of actually out of interest? What kind of differences were there then? Um, I mean, there were some really basic things that yeah. you know. How looking, you spell the word like color? You, yeah, <laughs> it, it, that or you know you go on the mm. website and it was completely not localized. Okay, uh, you would yeah. go on the um, careers two point oh yeah. by Stack Overflow website and you would say. Uh, working hours nine to five Eastern, or oh, call us on zero zero one, and um, and you know that was you know it seems like a very trivial thing, mm. but you know when you reach out to someone, and they would go back to the website and they would look mm. at it, they wouldn't get back to you because yeah. they assume you're calling them from from New York, right, right, um, yeah. and then if you followed up with a phone call, they were like, oh hold on, you know, is it not too early for you? you know, I'm calling from <laughs> London. And they were like, oh, you know, I never got that impression. Yeah. So little things like this. It's amazing how those little things can all add up though, right? 100%, like, yeah. It's so hard to, it's hard to justify them sometimes in isolation. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you only find that out from really talking to mm. the people you're trying to sell. And, then, and that's just for the UK. And then obviously, yeah. you know, I, I was in charge of EMEA. So, you know, you're yeah. looking at Germany and France and, you know, Scandinavia, totally different ball game yeah. in all of those places um totally so yeah. yeah so so that was a lot of the stuff early on and then as you started getting a bit more confident was that when you started bringing on yeah so once <clears throat> once we uh we got the product to where we thought it should be and um you know started getting the revenue um that we wanted to see yeah. um the next step was basically hiring a couple of people just to make sure that i could train them and develop them at the same time okay um yeah. and these were all sales um, yeah, salespeople. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I think 
the first hmm, first wealth hires were all sales. Really? Yeah. So, so I no marketing at all. No. So there was a centralized marketing function in yeah, the US, yeah. okay. which again was quite problematic because they would market exclusively for the <laughs> the, the US market, yeah. and they would have to like adjust any collateral that was being built sure. for here. But you know, it's not the end of the you world. Made it worked. It, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, first first wealth <laughs> hires all sales, um, and it kind of happened in the following uh, way so two um, after six months give or take um, and then one more after four yeah. um, took a little while to so we were super selective in yeah, terms of yeah, like yeah. who joins you know how it is it's literally yeah. like building a startup you really yeah, yeah. want to make sure that you get the right people on board to totally, help you totally totally um, so um, we did that basically the first 18 months it was um, just myself and then three more individuals and then from there on you went from four to 20 and then from wow you know from 20 to 40 and so so yeah. guys but um so kind of slow start making sure that the fundamentals yeah. were right and then from yeah. there on then it was the yeah workshop. yeah so so talk us through some of the learnings from that when it really started to pick up because that seems to have been a lot of what's led to yeah. what you're doing today with Heresy, right? Yeah. Like yeah. building these teams of teams yeah. and, and all of that. Like, it'd be great to hear more about, you know, at what point did that stuff start coming yeah. into your mindset of, of how to structure these teams? Mm. Was it when you hit 10, 20? Yeah. So, yeah. Ooh, good question. So, um, so the whole, so, mm, so this kind of goes back to your previous question about independence. Like, the yeah. great thing about Stack Overflow is like the founders and the management team and everyone is, um, they they truly you know you know lots of people say oh we're looking to empower you and you know give you the freedom <laughs> to act and it's often a lot of chat and bullshit yeah yeah but that's definitely um, the case with Stack Overflow sure. speaking from experience so I had some crazy ideas of how I wanted to run Europe one of them was um, something that I had um, um, come up with in my last startup which was trying to apply um, or trying to leverage tools and best practices you see in software development in sales yeah it was just something that kind of occurred to me in my previous startup where we were totally inefficient as a sales team and <laughs> at the same time you're looking at the programming team absolutely smashing it and you're right, like yeah. oh my god you know you can totally do this in sales so the whole notion of team of mm. teams the idea of you know tracking progress to go on a burnout chart instead of this ambiguous goal that you need to hit yeah getting regular cadence you know creating sprints so you don't have like a you know a month or a quarter yeah. um you know when you're trying to hit your target and then the you know the last couple of days of the month or the quarter you freak out <laughs> because you haven't done it but introducing that cadence in the format of the sprints and having regular stand-ups and retrospectives yeah. learning from past experiences whether good and perhaps more importantly bad all of this is something that i i was really keen to try a stack overflow and i was given a complete green light to do it <laughs> um and it certainly helped that stack overflow is a developer-led company yeah i guess um, it must have been pretty critical to yeah that. so yeah. my um i used to report directly to the coo um um jeff stepanski who actually lives in london now oh, great cool. guy yeah. um and um Jeff was super supportive of what I was doing in London because she got it like this, right? Right, right. Programmer by 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 training, in charge yeah. of monetization for Stack Overflow. Like, but... Isn't that how sales works? Or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Developer first. He was like, "This is brilliant. Yeah, you should do it." Um, so we started doing this early on in London, and it just worked so well. Yeah. That once I started building the team, my team, uh, you know, in a way, started outperforming the um, other sales teams. In, oh, amazing! <laughs> just you know, in terms of like efficiency, you know, like average yeah. deal size and. You know how how long it took to close the deal, etc. Yeah. So there there was something that we were doing right, um, 
that was slightly different from what the teams in the US were doing. They were sure. kind of run more in a traditional sales way, sure. as you'd expect. And and um, um, again, like Jeff on one of his trips here, you know, we sat down, we had a conversation, and I talked him through the whole thing. Yeah. He was like, "This is fucking brilliant. You know, we should <laughs> we should do it across the organization." So, um, so we ended up building. We had this chat before we started recording, but we ended up building a whole tool to support yeah. this crazy agile way of working in sales. Yeah. Um, and that's how we ultimately at the time went from about 25 people globally. So London, New York, and uh, we had a sales office in Denver as well. Um, so 25 sales people. Globally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We went to 120 by the time I left. Whoa. Yeah. So um, that was a, what, how long, what kind of time frame was that? So that, so that would have been, so we, we started working on the internal to work in um, spring, summer 2013, and okay, I left yeah. uh, um, Q1 2016. 2016 yeah. yeah, so in, within yeah, three years, uh, quadrupled pretty, in size. Yeah. <laughs> pretty nice growth. Uh. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. That's um, amazing. So I'm just trying to think of how, so there's so many questions I have around like this actual way of working as a sales yeah. team. Like what does a sales sprint look like? But I yeah. guess... Um, maybe it'd be good to talk about that in in the light of Stack what you're doing with, or with heresy. heresy now. So yeah, so uh, you know, if we forward to to 2016, mm. like you've built this tool internally, and you know you want to, I guess, like yeah, it'd be interesting to hear how it went from being this internal tool to being yeah to, to of, heresy. <laughs> yeah, to what it good is question. now. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I'll take it. I'll take it back to 2011 when right, I first okay. started. So, so the way before <laughs> we built yeah. <laughs> so before before we started building the internal tool, I was already you know experimenting with with this notion of running the sales team as a, as an agile dev team, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, just pulling data. So Stack Overflow today uses Salesforce uh, yeah. as their CRM. Part of them, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you might. <laughs> um, but you know, Salesforce is great as it is. It's you know it kind of fails on on on, on its perhaps most imp- important promise which is to be a sales leadership and management tool you know right. it just becomes being as most crms do just a, a database yeah yeah uh, which stores which is very important it stores all the contact details and all yeah. the information around contacts and accounts and opportunities etc but in terms of actually running a team uh, and figuring out what people are doing and how yeah. how the month or the quarter is unfolding etc everyone uses different tools whether <laughs> yeah. it be something like trello or posted notes before sure. trello just to kind of see where deals are going to fall in yeah it feels um, like no matter how advanced the tech goes it no. almost always falls back to a whiteboard and yeah white, whiteboard <laughs> yeah. yeah so this is how we started so you know the whole idea was that you know we would take data from salesforce and try to visualize it um in a way that would would show to not just to me but to the team mm. um what opportunities were expected to come at what point and then we can have a collective conversation around those opportunities we will track mm. whether they did indeed come in or not yeah, yeah. on a burn down chart Right. Um, which is one of you know one of the the heretic things about what we do, which is yeah. a graph going top left to bottom right, you know, <laughs> yeah. which is a heresy in the sales world. Why is this graph going down and not up? You know, um, but you know we started doing a lot of these things you know in 2011 j- just here, and then um, as I said, it worked really well. Um, but as the team continues to grow, we cannot mm. run an Excel model for 10, 20, you know, 25 yeah. people. Um, constantly pulling data manually out of Salesforce. So what we right, did yeah. in 2013 was to basically automate this. Now, the thing was at the time, I, w- I was already convinced that I was going to build like another startup around this. Okay, and the yeah. question was, how did we do it? Did we build something internally? And who owns the IP yeah. and you know, so forth. And at the time we had this conversation and again, um, Joel, who is the founder of Stack Overflow, was like, 
chill, you know, no worries <laughs> about it. If you decide to do something one day, you can totally go and do it. I guarantee yeah, you've yeah. got my word. And it was basically a handshake that we right, we started right. building the internal too. And 2016, um, fast forward with our yeah, time yeah. machine, um, <laughs> comes and then I say to Joe, listen, you know, I think it's time I, you know, I, I actually did this. You yeah. know, he was true to his word. Um, wrote me, lad. yeah, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, wrote, wrote me a letter, yeah. and you know, and you know, we, we we started working at Harris. They're a customer now, right? Yeah, yeah, we we're working on this one. It's it's kind of hard, like trying to sell back to your own employer, yeah. considering <laughs> that you built something very similar internally. But, yeah. but we, you know, we will get there. Yeah. <laughs> so so I I'm intrigued. You talked a lot about the you know these, these concepts you bought from the the dev world, and one of them is like, what does what does a sprint in a sales team look like? You know, you know, most people just think you just got to be trying to aim for your quarterly target, right? Yeah, just yeah. Like do as much as you can. But what does a sprint look like? How does it? Um, how does that work? Well, um, it, it kind of depends on how long your your forecasting cycle is. So, yeah. um, if you're selling larger deals and you're forecasting quarterly, as you yeah. said, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, the sprints are going to be longer. Okay. Um, if you are so, I'll give you the example with Stack just to make it kind yeah, of concrete. Yeah, yeah, so, um, Stack, um, the Stack talent sales cycle was fairly short, mm. so we would always forecast uh, monthly. Right. So, as a salesperson, you would have a monthly commit. You would say, "This is my um, target for the month." Yeah. Interesting thing about this, without deviating too much, <laughs> um, we did always commit from the bottom bottom up instead of top down so you wouldn't it's not a situation where your manager comes in and says this is your target then you have to hit Got it, it. Yeah. but it will be what is actually achievable mm. in in this time frame what can i do sure which is quite interesting so um so we start with with that and we're like okay my goal for the month is is this much and then instead of taking 22 23 working days and saying at the end of you know the the 23 working days i should have cleared Thirty-five, forty thousand yeah, dollars in sales. Yeah. You kind of split this into smaller chunks, okay. uh, and we, you know, to your question, like, what does it look like? We experimented a lot with this. Yeah, like, how yeah. many sprints <laughs> can you fit in the month? What makes sense? What doesn't make sense? And the number we came to was basically four, okay. four sprints in the month. And we, again, we played with the number of sprints and the duration. Uh, but what we found out worked the best was four sprints. Um, which were roughly five days each. Okay. So you would start with a five-day sprint, move into another five-day sprint, five-day, and depending on how many business days the month had, the last one would be, you know, six to eight days, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with that in mind, based on the number of business days, you'll figure out what the velocity you need to hit your target is mm. for the month. So, you know, if you take like a very basic example and you have like 100K target 20 days the idea is that every day you should be closing 5k right right, right. um so then your first um sprint should be um you know five times um five so 25k you should do in the first sprint then 25 in the second and so forth so the idea is that you know it's like almost like a mini commit for the mm. month um and why does it matter so that you avoid the situation where at the end of the month you kind of if you imagine a burn down chart where you have your ideal velocity steeping down and then yeah. At this big gap <laughs> widening in up and then sure. you only kind of spotted at the very last day of the month sure. like two days before yeah. the end of the month then and you panic panics. yeah so the idea is that you basically can see it much earlier on and so from, do something about it yeah, yeah course correct make sure that you know if if you need to increase the amount of um conversations that you need to have mm-hmm. then you can do it early enough to kind of have an impact at the end of the month etc but it's 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 a number of things it's course correction troubleshooting early on yeah visibility across what each person and each team as you start scaling does 
Um, and then the really important thing from a scaling standpoint is building the cadence and the um, the learning piece around it. So at the beginning of each sprint, we would have a review where we would look mm -hmm. at the burn downs, we would you know, project where we're going to be at the next right, sprint yeah. based on the velocity <laughs> and what was in the pipeline, etc. And then we would have a conversation as to what closed, what didn't, what was committed, yeah. and you know why. Yeah. Um, and the idea here was that the team basically starts unleashing the knowledge of crowd, which is <laughs> something that normally is completely lost in the traditional yeah, sales team. Yeah, normally everyone's like, these are my, <laughs> these yeah. are my deals. These yeah, are my leads. exactly. So <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was kind of the, you know, the, the basic premise around it. Amazing. So no wonder you're called heresy. It's pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, amazing. Um, I I'm conscious of time because we've we've almost been maxing out our been uh, our talking and yeah. talking. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. One of the things we always try and talk to guests about is uh, whether they have any advice or if they've been given any advice. Yeah. Um, over time, I know you 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 had some great words that you were yeah. given. Uh, it'd be good if you can. Yeah. So about that so I I was planning on on taking <laughs> taking credit for this statement, but it's not mine. So. I'll, I'll say it now. So it's it's advised that Michael Pryor, um, who's the um, 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 co-founder CEO of Trello, um, um, told me, which which really resonated with me, and I think would resonate with you and, yeah, and any yeah. founder and any startup person, uh, which was that it's very important to enjoy the ride, <laughs> as much as you would think you would enjoy the final destination. Yeah. Idea being, he said, is that you should really try to surround yourself with the right people, so every day in the office is fun and enjoyable. <laughs> Because where you're headed, you may never get to. Who knows? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and how long that ride's going to exactly. be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was that was uh, probably the best piece of advice that, I've, been, I've, been, I've been given. Yeah. Totally rings true. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I guess one, one final thing um, for me, Dimitar, would be what, what are your goals for the rest of the year at Heresy? Like, what's, good, what's the future look like? Good question. Oh, yeah. God. Who knows what the future looks like? Uh, I can <laughs> tell does? you what yeah. I, I want the future to look like. But um, um, in terms of goals, we... Um, so. Um, we, we started it's an interesting one I've tried to be as concise as possible given, no, no, given the it. time frame but um, we had this idea of uh, initially of building Heresy as a standalone platform yeah. uh, on its own and one of the things that we have slightly pivoted towards is this idea of going back to what we did at Stack Overflow which mm. was building it on top of Salesforce Right. right. so um, some of the things that we're working frantically on right now is, is, is kind of moving more towards Salesforce and that involves okay. a lot of work from a product standpoint yeah. Um Salesforce is not fun to work Lots with. Lots of API uh, documentation to... Yeah, and, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a beast as well. Yeah. So, you know, lots of things that can go wrong. Yeah. Um, and, um, but yeah, so we're, we're kind of uh, investing a lot of time on product. Got it, got um, it. Early on when we, again, when we started working on Heresy, the idea was that we go from the bottom up with the idea of a single salesperson adopts it. Right. They can start using yeah, it and they yeah, bring yeah. in their team. And you know, over the past few months, we basically have seen way more success speaking to to a manager oh, of some down. sort and going okay. top down, yeah, yeah. especially in the Salesforce scenario. Because sure. again, as as we mentioned earlier, Salesforce, great as a CRM it is, is just a massive database, and very yeah. often your data just gets buried and it's completely mm, not actionable. Mm, mm. So one of the things that we do with Heresy, putting all the agile goodness aside, is we we can really surface this yeah. within minutes and make it super actionable sure. like literally within seconds you plug in your, your Salesforce account and you can see all the deals that are staling all the deals that are at risk uh, we obviously enrich the data as well yeah, so we yeah. do a lot of machine learning stuff around predictability Amazing. and forecasting so it's it's kind of that's the direction that we're taking and so uh, plug it in quite, and get terrified instantly and realize they've got a lot of work to do yeah ideally <laughs> you wouldn't get terrified ideally uh, it would be like oh shit you know there are things yeah. that are going wrong but 
better to know them than oh, you know totally. see at the end of the month yeah blissfully unaware so, yeah so that's kind of where we're amazing. headed amazing yeah I, I, heresy. I, 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 heresy.io yeah that's my uh, shameless plug-in <laughs> at the end this uh, episode is brought to you by heresy <laughs> um no that's amazing um yeah, I guess, actually, to round off, Dimitar, where, where can people find you if they want to hear more? Uh, heresy. Um, yeah, so heresy.io is yeah. the website, blog.heresy.io. Cool. Um, it's a great blog, by the way. Yeah, thank you, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, so a lot of um, a lot of um, um, stuff around Agile and bringing yeah. Agile and best practice, lots yeah. of stuff around metrics and how to take data-driven decisions yeah. around managing the team. Again. And also, you got a great podcast too, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, sales leaders. Yeah, so um, SoundCloud.com uh, yeah. slash HeresyHQ. Cool. Um, some good things there. Awesome. Um, and um, at Stanley Mirov with two Fs at the end on Twitter. Got it. Got yeah. it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Dimitar. You've been a fantastic guest. I hope everyone Thanks, yeah. uh, listening has enjoyed that. Um, been a yeah a cracking show thank thanks you so jamie much. Yeah, i really appreciate <laughs> you having me on yeah. yeah it's been great um well yeah thanks again to everyone for listening um we we have many more episodes lined up uh if you've enjoyed the show we'd very much appreciate a nice review on uh, your podcast player of choice but um uh, and if you got any feedback for us uh, we'd love to hear it we're on twitter at go squared and you can email us anytime at hello at go um thanks very much and see you next time cheers